Hey guys, Six Degrees NYC. Here's an episode from earlier in the year. We decided to run our first episode with Ramel Bradley, who played with the University of Kentucky because of March Madness, but we actually interviewed Emmy Favilla a few weeks before. This is BuzzFeed editor and author Emmy Favilla. Great podcast. You're not going to want to miss this. Stay tuned. Six Degrees, NYC. Welcome back, everybody. A lot more here with Ben Goldstein and Audrey James. Hi. How's everything going? How's, how's, I know Ben's got, we look like we're on you know, ESPN 6, but it's only because. I'm not much of know. a jersey guy. I've never really even worn a jersey, right. but I, I wore one. I know, it's different. It is. I had to wear one for the Eagles Super Bowl win. I think that's maybe why they won, and now I can't take it off ever. Okay. So. Have you been wearing it since? No, just when I'm going to be on camera. Okay. <laughs> well, it. I am a diehard Giants fan, so I'm not going to... You don't want to talk about how the Eagles beat the Congrats. Patriots to win Super Bowl 52? Say it again. 41-33. What's that? Oh, I'm just wondering if you don't want to talk about how the Eagles beat no, the Patriots. No, well, the Giants have already done it twice, so... Oh. It's the same team in the last 10 years. Okay. So, well, it's all right. I guess you're getting a start. It's good. Good for the franchise. <laughs> good. Welcome to the club. But, uh, yeah, we got a we got an action-packed episode today. Yeah. Pod soap. Podcast soap. Our six degrees NYC podcast soap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. No, we have an awesome guest with us today. Yeah, our guest is Emmy Favilla, global copy chief at BuzzFeed, creator of the BuzzFeed Style Guide, and author. Oh, I didn't change it on there. Sorry. That's not who she is at all. Um, Sorry. I changed it only on mine and not on. Sorry. No, it's cool. Why have your documents? Okay, so Emmy is not that person at all. Okay, why don't you tell us? I'll tell you who Emmy is. (laughs) Emmy is the senior commerce editor at Mm. BuzzFeed, actually, now. Um, She's also the creator of the BuzzFeed Style Guide and author of. A new book called A World Without Whom. Yeah, that's who she is. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Our audience is very. Oh my God! So they're so passionate. They're They're really excited about you being here right now. Wow. You had a busy year, and we're excited to talk about that. Um, Yeah. But what did you get us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) most important. Yeah. So I brought you guys a book. What? And it's called Going Into Town. Oh. A Love Letter to New York. Wow. And it's by Raj Chast. So my editor of my book actually sent this to me because she thought that I would enjoy it, and I did. And so now I'm passing it on to other fellow New Yorkers. You grew up in New York, no, I grew New up York in adjacent. Yes. Okay, good. good. Or, a couple or, hours. You know, so yeah. Good, good. Um, it's really cute. It's So basically it's a... It's like an illustrated, um, I don't know, what do you call this? Oh, I know, there's like a, a graphic novel. Graphic oh, novel, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's cute. So the author grew up in Brooklyn. Nice. And awesome. her and her husband moved like an hour away to the suburbs. And so she goes into, and you guys should look there, it's really cute. She goes into an explanation about why she wrote this. Her daughter who grew up in the suburbs was going to college in New York. And she was like, I wanted to write this and make this like illustrated graphic novel as a love letter to New York to like show her, you know, all the cool stuff about New York, but not like the traditional touristy sorts of things. So I was looking through it again on the train here and I Instagrammed a really 
funny thing that resonated with me. Oh yeah, so she was like, I was trained as a child growing up in the city to never ever look a stranger in the eye because they could be a nut. Yeah. You know, it's like written like that. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. and then it's like my husband who's from the Midwest finds us peculiar. People are nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's all, it's really cute. So I, I hope, That's cute. yeah, you guys should That's look very, through it. And very it's, New York gift. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Emily. My That's pleasure. Awesome. It's the resale on this. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> it's not an advanced reading copy. You can resell it if you want. No, no that's I, it. No, but, we'll have you, maybe we'll have you sign this. We'll this oh, she can sign our books though. Oh, Ben already has a sign. Wait, can I tell you a quick story that like yes, please. fits into that? So my mom, um, she lives like a 15 minute walk from me and they're always doing these like stoop sales outside. So she also like, wait, I don't know if I should tell this. I don't know if this is like legal, but whatever. <laughs> So I no had stitching, no stitching. I, <laughs> Six degrees NYC. We don't uh, we don't allow students to subscribe to our cast. So, so when I wrote the book, they they send you like a certain number of advanced reading copies, and then of the actual book. And I had them sent to my parents' house because I'm not always home. And I was like, I don't want the box to go to my office, and then I have to drag it yeah, yeah, back to Queens. Yeah. So I had it sent there. So my mom was like, oh, I put a couple of your books out during oh. our stoop sale. And she's like, I'm selling them for $15 each. And I was like, and it was before the book was even out, like before oh like the actual release date. And I'm like, you can't do this. And so someone bought the book and she was like, oh, that's my daughter, whatever. And he's like, oh, can you sign it? And she's like, well, I'm not the author. It's my daughter. And he's like, well, she wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. So just sign it. And so like, I get this voicemail from my mom. And she's like, just so you know, there's a copy of your book out there that has my signature in it. <laughs> So, yes. that's signed by the author's mother should definitely be a sex. <laughs> I love that. That's actually really funny and so cute. And I was like, I don't know if you're allowed to like do this, but hey, sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But let's. Should we play the word? Let's play the world. This week, our word is brought to us by our guest, which is awesome. We figured Emmy, she's a copy editor. She knows words. Sure. She should sort of. give Just us a, a word. She knows lots no of pressure, words. Emma. I read her book. <laughs> so, Emmy, what's the word? Um, the word is fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. P-H-P-H. Fubbing. Fubbing. Should I give Fubbing. a hint? No hints yet. Not yet. Wait. Fubbing. But can you use it in a no, no, that would be no, a bit. Okay. Like what do you think it would be like? It's kind of like flubbing, like lying. Like you're like like you're Fibbing? or you're like no. messing up. I know, something, something like even like audio related, like you're mess yeah, like you messed it like up. You, like you yeah, you no. like no. No, no yeah, those are horrible guesses. Like those are not my guesses, those are yours. Now we'll take the clue and then I'll make my guess. Um the clue is that it has something to do with your phone. Oh, fubbing. Uh, your phone is bugging. No. Damn it. I was like, your yes. phone is bugging? Yeah, she's fubbing. <laughs> That's Damn. a new. <laughs> yeah, That's a new. They don't say bugging everywhere, really? by the way. Yeah, I saw this whole Instagram thing about it. She was like, I'm going to turn it The clock is ticking. Okay, you're going to get guesses out, not Bobby, give a history should I, should I give one more clue? Okay, yeah, you know if you have another clue, funny. we'll take one okay. more clue. Okay, yeah. it has to do with your phone, and it's a combination of two words together. Phone, phone and something else. Oh, I got it. I'm ready. Dumbing. Phone and rubbing. It's like in your... No. <laughs> that sounds really 
Stop fubbing. Yeah, oh my god, my phone fubbed the shit out of my jeans. <laughs> and now I gotta get another pair. Wow, this is good work. This is good work. I got I'm an idea guy, so I got plenty of these. I think, I think you stumped. We I think we're, totally I think we're stumped. stumped. We're officially stumped. Okay, so fubbing is a combination of the words phone and snubbing. So it's basically when you is are like ignoring. Kind of? No, it's when you're ignoring oh. someone at a table and looking at your phone. Oh, it's I like, like oh, they were totally fubbing me because they like couldn't get off of Instagram. I'm a fubber. I you are. Oh, a fubber. Everyone is. Also, no, I'm a fubber no, too. Like, the, the, the entire world is a fubber. No, He's worse than most of the world. Listen, I, I got things going on. I got. Listen, I got. You know, I, I'm worried about things. Something can happen. Not often, I think, do we have a word that I would actually use, but I think I have to use fubbing. I'm going to use fubbing it. Fubbing is going to... I'm also going to use it in the wrong way, because... <laughs> like rubbing? Like, hey, there's something... What's wrong with your pants? It's fubbing against it's my... Fubbing. Yeah. Yeah, it's fubbing against my leg, and I, like, I can't walk too far, because it's fubbing. <laughs> that's actually a good one. I like that. It's good, right? I don't, I'm not sure if it's in... Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm not sure if it's actually in the dictionary mm. yet. It might be. I think, I don't know, but it's like a relatively new word. I think there was definitely an article about like why fubbing is like the new word that everyone needs to know. How long have you known about this word? Maybe for like three years. Yeah. No, not really. Maybe for like a, a year. Jesus. But I also work for the internet and like That's I'm true. editing stories about things happening on the internet, like early adopters of stuff that, writing about it. If my mom knew about fubbing for a year, I'd be I'd be embarrassed, I think. Yeah. For myself. No, I would cry if that yeah. happened. <laughs> but I will say that this book, which was so good by the way. Oh my god. Thank I loved you. it. It was so interesting. I like laughed so much and I feel like I learned a lot. Not even just about words, about everything, including the, the one thing that I think made me feel bad about this book. <laughs> Is that I realized how much I don't know and like sort of like how behind I am. Did you have that experience or is that just me? I knew every word before she wrote it. No, like I, I feel like, <laughs> like this, like the fubbing thing. Like I, there was, there were all these things in here that I was reading and I was like, where have I been? About well, like the like, memes? About words and, and like trends and stuff. And I'm like, I totally missed that. But do you have like an elevator pitch for the book? Like how, how would you yeah. describe what, Tell us about the, what book. the book is? Um, so my elevator pitch for the book is that it is an exploration of how our language is changing thanks to the internet and the digital age and basically the sort of stuff that we should be worried about and the sort of stuff that we don't have to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also interwoven with that is the story of the BuzzFeed Style Guide and how that came to be mm-hmm. and sort of what I do or what I did in my prior role on a day-to-day basis. But primarily it's about the evolution of our language and how it's shifting and how the internet and technology plays into that and how that's changing the way we speak. And I go into tra- like language trends on the internet and things that are internet specific. And it was a little tough because I didn't want it to seem super dated as soon as it right. came out, because yeah. I don't know if you guys know, it takes a long ass time yeah. to get a book from the f- initial idea for this book to the actual yeah. hard copy that's out being sold in the world. I had been working on it for over two years mm-hmm. before it was actually published. And I was like, I know it's going to be dated no matter what, because if I'm talking about the internet, stuff on the internet moves so fast. So I tried to format it in a way that was like, okay, here are some trends that are happening right now. And I know that these are going to be dated in a little while, but even if it is, that's fine. It's sort of like a little time capsule of what life was like in the mid Teens? Mid-teens. Teens? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, What's going to happen in the, like, 2020s? Like, are we going to call it the 20s, the 20s again? And then the 20s, the, ni- the 20s. Is it going to be, like, the 2020s? I remember the crash of the 20s. 20s. 
Uh, I remember the crash of February 2018. <laughs> yeah. So that's really interesting. And you brought up just like the process. And so I'm kind of curious what the difference has been for you or was for you writing for BuzzFeed versus writing an entire book and like book. Yeah. So I started at BuzzFeed as their first ever copy editor in 2012. And it was the same year that they had just hired an editor in chief and they started writing news stories. And I feel like they sort of felt like, oh, we're now a legitimate news site and we're producing news stories and we should probably have a copy editor. Yeah. So I was their copy editor and then I grew a team and then I became the global copy chief. Yada, yada. Yeah. So I didn't write that much. I would write when I had the time to, but my primary responsibility was editing everyone else's work. And when I did write, it would just be like funny lists here and there and things like that. But my primary responsibility was to create a style guide for the site, which I did. It was really weird. I just, out of nowhere, I was sitting, this is like such a weird story. And I feel like it's, it's going to make me sound like an asshole, but like, okay. I'm sorry. Can we curse? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So I was in my (laughs) lawyer's office before I was, I bought, I bought a condo like three years ago. And so I'm sitting there and I was just like, I was so bored. And like my mom had come with me because like, you know, you have to get a lawyer to like look over the contract. And I was just like staring into space. And like, I don't know, it's just out of nowhere. I was like, I should write a book. And I was like, I should really write a book. And I don't, I honestly like don't even know what thought processes like merged together in that moment. I think I was just like, I was relaxed. I took the day off yeah. to like you do all like crib. inspiration came yeah. to you. Yeah. got this new crib, chill. Yeah, I'm just feeling good. Like, like, you know what? I have a house now. I'm going to write a book. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought about it and I was like, what can I write about? And I was like, I can sort of pitch this idea that's like an expansion of the BuzzFeed style mm-hmm. guy, but more voicey and fun. So that's what I did. And uh-huh. I went up and I asked the editor in chief and the BuzzFeed books editor at the time, what they thought. And they're like, yeah, cool. Sounds great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just thought that like, it would be cool to have a book that was sort of a resource guide for writers, whether they were journalists, creative writers, whatever, just people who write Facebook statuses and who are on the internet and who write emails, AKA everyone in the world, you know, just people who write emails at work. Yeah. Just to have a sort of, it's really a rumination on language and how language changes. And I felt that, you know, there were a lot of things that, for instance, when you're a journalist or an editor, you are looking at the AP style book or the Chicago Manual of Style. And there's so many things that those standard resource guides don't have answers to. For instance, let's say you want to create the verb form of a Facebook reaction. Like if someone ha ha your Facebook status. It's like, how do you write that? Mm-hmm. You know, do you put in, and I, I how do talk, you write that? I know I remember from the book, but like, how would you write that? I don't remember that. Oh part. man. Okay. I think we settled on you write whatever the reaction is. And then like an apostrophe, an apostrophe. ED or D okay. it's in the style guide. It it's is. in the style it definitely guide. Is. Um, but stuff like that, where like when you're actually talking about internet specific terms. Um, so a lot of the inspiration from the book also just came from writers and editors who I work with emailing me and g-chatting and slacking me and being like hey what's the right answer here and sometimes there is no right answer like for instance there was a period where we had all these lists that would go up that were like 25 reasons why new york is the best city or whatever and then 
I would be asked, oh, is it reasons New York is the best or reasons why? Isn't reasons mm-hmm. why redundant? And it's like, yeah, reasons why is redundant, but we talk that way. We actually speak that mm-hmm. way. And I feel like a lot of the inspiration from the book just came from not having patience or not, not not having patience, but people get a little freaked out when you tell them that there is no right or wrong answer to their grammar questions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that shouldn't be something that's scary. It should be free and mm-hmm. be like language and communication is a beautiful thing. And I really like that about the book. I like that you let people off the hook when it, I, I, I found myself really agreeing with almost everything, which is, you? but like, what didn't you agree when with? I didn't, it's not that I didn't agree. <laughs> can we talk about the double spaces oh, now man. or are we going to leave that to later? We can talk about it. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it. I'm not going to freak shit. out, but I just, we'll get to it. It's okay. A thing that happened in my typing class when I was growing up and that Audrey and I talked about before. Wow, typing here. class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember having typing yeah, Mavis class. Hey. Mavis Mavis <laughs> I'm, I'm Shout a, to Mavis. What I was born what in up, the Mavis? 70s. <laughs> and the, last, the last possible year of the 70s, but I was born in the 70s in, in my typing class, which we did on typewriters. Um, what the fuck? I know, yeah. Wait, what? Abs- Shut yeah. Up. You're six it might years have been older Delaware. than me. You grew up in Delaware. They, they just got like Titanic. You can't, it's not his fault. This what? year? Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, we were taught, we were taught to hit space twice after every period. And it was drilled into our head. That. Drilled into our head. Yeah, because you were probably taught by like a 70 year old. Yeah. We were. Yeah. She was spry and nice and everything. Yeah, I'm sure she was wonderful. Actually, she wasn't. Oh. <laughs> but, she was spry. But. <laughs> But when when I'm writing a sentence now, mm-hmm. I it's like a tick. I can't I not do it. And it's wow. almost and I have to say, like, I've been fighting it because I've read it's not the first place that I, I read all the first it's place been for the me. first like and it year. Was bomb. Sorry. Bomb was dropped. Thanks, Emmy. I'll it's, be honest. I had read your book. Huge yet. bomb. It's fine. Here's why. I assumed your gift was gonna be your book. <laughs> and He's mad I, didn't, I didn't want to inflate your sales by that asking so thoughtful. And I just figured I'd do it through the pod. So this will help anyways. I'll I'll buy one now because you so guys another great gift. But I, I will catch up on it. But I've read so a bunch of your articles. Guy. And uh, <laughs> and a lot of your the articles on BuzzFeed are interesting too. So which ones? You did one about uh, leggings, right? Seven leggings. You did one about. Oh, five. that's so. That's my new role. Yeah. So now I'm a an editor on our shopping team, basically. So I write about products and right. product reviews Towels and that and sort of stuff. Towels from Target. Yeah. What is that about? So well. Right. Like so, basically. So now what I, I do? Should I go? Is it cool to go into what I yeah, do what right do now? Do? It has yeah, nothing well, to do we, with we, the book. They have a lot of book related questions. That's okay. I think we need to hear what you do now. Yeah. Okay. So what I do now is I work on the market team, which is our internal name for our shopping team. Right. So we put product lists together and curate all these lists and then do like first person reviews of products that we've actually used and loved. And we give recommendations for products yeah. or we curate lists of cool products for certain types of people or I've got a great things. new article we could write. Okay. Three new cool podcasts to follow. Oh. <laughs> and yes. then just like have us and then we have two other ones that don't have links. Okay. <laughs> cool. And, so, and, and like you guys will pay us. Yeah, that whatever. We'll cool. see. Who's we'll <laughs> we'll okay. the guy, the conversion guy? It's I'm a woman, him. by the way. Well, who, yeah, you know. She's still yeah. the guy in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Right. I'm not. But, yeah. you know. No, she's not. It's in the book. She's not. Yeah, it's in the book how I'm like very pro the word guy. Yeah. I like, I've asked this question many times. It's like, what do I say? Because I'm just so used to saying guys. And I feel like I'm 
give him permission now a little bit. It Abby is. gave you permission. That's yes. Right. And I own the English language, yeah. so that means. That Listen, all I need yeah. is one woman to say it's okay to call a group of women guys, and I'll do it. Right. You think that's a New York thing? Do you I think don't that know. the New York you has influenced any of the things that you have made to be rules? Is how it's been phrased. There are certain things where I've been like, oh wow, people say things this way, but I didn't write this book without like consulting other people, you right. know. Or yeah, a lot of it is based on my feelings about language and the way that we communicate with each other. But in terms of like the way people actually talk, I've had to realize that saying that you're online that's like a new york thing like oh i'm you mean online. not the internet you mean like, no, I'm waiting like online. stay like yeah. in a store yeah yeah, yeah. and that's like what we say we're online literally yeah. said never never said that in my life i'm in line we've never said ben has never, never said online because i stand in line <gasps> i do i've always stood in line and i've always gone online <gasps> to like go oh check my God, the seat Okay. But it's like I, something it's that like you didn't realize. But I've heard, yeah, I didn't right. know that. I didn't realize that people did. And like I, under, I was like, oh, inline, online, same thing. Yeah, like I knew that was. A I thing. knew it, but it wasn't my default phrasing. Right. right. Yeah. Right. I would never say I'm in line. That just does not. It doesn't come out. You're online to wait to pay. Yeah, I'm online. I was not, online. Not me. I'm online. I'm online. To I'm online. <gasps> Ben's in line, and I'm online. Yeah. Yeah. And we're online. Yeah, we're always online. You're the minority. I, yeah. yeah. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> there was another one that you mentioned in your book. Because like one I mentioned regionalism yes. also yeah. and how yeah. like that plays a role in how we talk to each other. What was another there was one? one more New York one. Oh, call out sick. Oh. Is that, a, is that a New York one? Calling out sick. Calling out sick. Yeah. But I would definitely say call out sick. And he's from. I think it might be uh, like a like an East Coast thing. I actually I've heard people say call in sick, and I'm like I don't know what that means. Yes. I know what it, I know what you mean. I know what you think it means. But I don't know. But what when you're you talking. call in sick, that's like I'm gonna come into work today because I'm sick. To me, it's the opposite. Oh wait, really? Well, yeah, yeah. It's just like what call in. I don't yeah, know. it's weird. There's like something that like includes yourself in that, whereas calling out is like I'm out. You're like I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So we ha- we had this conversation with. No one says um, I'm in sick. I'm out sick. I'm out sick. Yeah, out yeah sick. but it's a New York or the East Coast, whatever. They're just saving a word because in, in theory, yeah, I'm gonna call in and we'll we'll do the conference call then, right? That's a normal thing. Everybody says that. Yeah. But then you can say I'm gonna call in out sick. Right. Then that's fucking confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm calling in. You dropped the call in. out. You dropped the in. Yeah. Maybe that's the end of the line. I'm in here online. You're. I like feel. I'm in this shit. I know what you're I'm trying online. to do. I appreciate it for the people who say it. Not happening though. But I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got, we got thousands of viewers on, on the west side, of the west coast. That we need to just. They're calling. They're calling in angry. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Phones are going off the hook. Leave them like. Send a voicemail. Sorry if you can't get through. Oh, also dead ass. I didn't mention uh, dead, dead ass, ass, but I'm yeah. so right, right, bugging. Yes. Bugging. So one of the rapid fire questions that we have for you later on was how many people were involved in the book process for you? Which is the people Within the BuzzFeed? You know. Sorry, can I add to that? Like BuzzFeed is on the cover of the book. Are yeah, they, yeah. How tied into that book are they? Right. So BuzzFeed owns the rights to the book. So okay. if you go, if you open up to the title page, like the copyright isn't under my name. It's BuzzFeed. Didn't yeah. think to do that. That yeah. makes sense. So that means, okay, so when I f- initially had this idea for the book, I was like, I need to talk to the books editor who like knows everyone in the world, super connected, has written books himself. He was the one who connected me to my agent. He's great. He like knows everyone. So he's like, what do you think about this idea? And he was like, I think it's great. Let's talk to the editor in chief, Ben Smith. And he was totally on board, but the way that I wanted to execute it and the way that it was in its final form, as you guys saw, there's like 
screenshots of mm-hmm. email conversations like, oh, is butthole spelled one word or two? Mm-hmm. It's like funny little conversations, questions from editors. And in order for me to be able to do that and use like private work chats and also just snippets of BuzzFeed articles that I didn't write, BuzzFeed would need to own the rights yeah. to the book. And I was just like, that's what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Did, it, did it help take, did it take off any pressure knowing that BuzzFeed was owning it? A little bit. I sort of felt like I had like a team behind me, okay. you know, and like, you know, I was, I was really close with, I, t- I worked really closely with the legal team to, you know, to make sure that like we're all on the same page. And yeah, I felt like, like I wasn't at it alone, mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah. And so a lot of it, I mean, a lot of the inspiration for it was via the conversations that I had with my team and our like private, you know, Slack channels, mm-hmm. any screenshots of questions or conversations. I didn't have to, but I did just because I feel like I would want this done for me. I ran it by any of the editors. I was like, Hey, this is going to be in the book. Literally none of them were like, no, you can't, you know, was the, were the blocked out names people don't work there anymore. Those, the blocked out names, I think were of like Twitter Uh, uh, um, accounts. Gotcha. Yeah. So like anyone who I didn't know personally, like some people like I actually writing in the BuzzFeed or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's where there was yeah. like an email, you know, just like people who yeah. don't actually work there. But yeah, so I wrote it myself, but then I had my manager at the time who no longer works at BuzzFeed read over it and be like, does this seem cool? Is there anything in here that's like, shouldn't be representing the brand? Yeah, it was, it did take the pressure off a little bit. And it's nice to know that like in the promotional aspects of it, I have the BuzzFeed PR team yeah, helping me nice. coordinate yeah. things and being like, hey, this opportunity came up. Are you interested in it? So it's, I feel like I'm not like at it. Like, So from a business standpoint, it was a strategic partner, if you will. Yes. But you still, like if you were to do this without them, let's assume that it still came out the same way, except with their name on it. Mm -hmm. How different would the economics of the book sales have been? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I was actually sort of a guinea pig for this because we have never had a book written by BuzzFeed, like with the BuzzFeed name on it. So sort of like I was the first person to set this sort of precedent. So basically it all worked the same that you would imagine it would with any other book. So I had my pitch and my proposal and I got an agent through my coworker and she was like, okay, here are the publishers that we want to shop this to. And then we took meetings with all of these publishers just the way you would sure. normally, right. except they came to the BuzzFeed offices. Because okay. normally, how I understand it is when you are proposing a book, you go to the publisher's office and you meet. Yeah. But my agent thought, you know, we, it would be best if they came to the office. It's so all like, yeah, it is a power move. It <laughs> totally is. Yeah. She's great. She's awesome. She's actually my agent, Charlotte Cheedy. She's the best. She is the mom of. Have you guys seen the Breakfast Club? Ali Sheedy, get out. What? Yeah. Have we seen the bread? Have you guys seen the Breakfast Club? Yeah, of course. Okay, all right. Just you know, yeah. So her mom is my agent. Wow, she's so cool. Yeah, she's very cool. Um, And Ali Sheedy actually is. She's very involved in like animal awareness and like she has a horse and like they're just oh they're such like a cool mom and daughter couple. I just pictured Ali Sheedy from the Breakfast Club sitting there with a horse. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good visual. Uh, Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it was like you know the the whole process was the way that it would be in a traditional, you know, book pitch process, Um, except when it came down to the actual contract, it's like, you know, I get a percentage and BuzzFeed gets a percentage Mm -hmm. and then 
And you thought that was fair? I thought it was fair. Okay. Yeah. Because I thought you it was also fair. used all the resources, like you said, so it was balanced. And that says, yes. And that was right. part of the thing too. You know, they're like on the back end, we're going to be marketing it. We're going to be able to publish an excerpt on the site. And, you know, we had a book party yeah, that Ben actually there. came yeah, to yeah. at That's the BuzzFeed nice. office. Yeah. So, you know, they pushed a lot of the publicity um, and the promotion of it. So yeah, I thought it was totally fair. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, having, having read it and knowing BuzzFeed, I, I feel like it's probably a good partnership for them too, because like my take on it was like, there's a certain sort of, um, like sensationalizing little things that happens mm-hmm. with BuzzFeed. And this was like a very, uh, it lent a lot of, ha- like it shed light on stuff. It shed, well, no, I think it like legitimized a lot of like choices mm-hmm. that you wouldn't know were ever made based yeah. on reading the headlines. And you're like, you wouldn't oh, know how there were six it, people talking about this and how to like put this phrase. And like, we just went on there and there were like losers, what was it? The bulge of luge. And I was just like, I wonder wonder with the luge bulge from Olympics. Oh, like like how, like, like, it's what like conversation like, went we into the spelling of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, so oh yeah, there's yeah. tons of conversations. About Which is great that. because you, it was like a heightened way to like read about these headlines that you you might not you yeah. might take for granted in a way. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad that that came through because I feel like that is like. A lot of people are like, ugh, BuzzFeed has copy editors you'd never know based mm-hmm. on all the typos. And it's like, okay, yeah, we can't get to every single right. post because so, so often and so there's frequently. so much content going right. up. And I don't think anyone realizes how small the copy desk actually is. There are three people in New York, two people in LA, one person in London. And like, we have a big ass staff. Yeah. Like we have a lot of stuff coming out. So we basically, we meaning the copy desk when I was on that team um, would prioritize big news stories, you know, like obviously a big investigative piece that's like 8,000 words is gonna get at least two reads by a copy editor. News stories, I feel like news stories, you know, are, they're the stories that are most at stake if there's like a really egregious error because mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, reported facts and that sort of stuff. So we would prioritize news stories, anything with more words, and then any stories that were like more lighthearted coming out of our entertainment team, the BuzzFeed Entertainment Group and BuzzFeed News are two separate divisions. Um, So all the stuff that's like lighthearted posts and lists and stuff like, oh, Lady Gaga was hiking wearing heels. You know, that's coming out of the BuzzFeed Entertainment Group. That stuff was lower on the priority list, but if it was trending, then we'd read Mm. it. Cause it's like, even if something is only a couple of words, if a million people are reading it, like we want to make sure there isn't anything awful. So we would read it after the fact, whereas with the bigger reported news stories, we would read beforehand. So there's a whole process. Yeah. So do you miss, cause you're not a copy editor. No. Yeah. So do you miss doing that? Because when you describe it in the book, it just sounds like, it just sounds like a tight knit group almost or like, it was, it sounds yeah. like I mean, the way, you know, with those screenshots of the and emails they seem and like stuff. fun conversations. Oh yeah. Just there's such like so fun. much fun. Like just that you make decisions. And you about also language. are like the, you're like kind of the boss in a weird way. Cause you're like deciding what words can be used or not. Like you're yeah. making that final decision and the way you describe it, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, so, it was really fun. Yeah, it was super miss- fun. Yeah, I miss parts of it. I miss like having conversations about the sort of stuff and like being analytical about language because it is really fascinating. Um, Are you top edited now in your new position with words? So I edit several people and I also, so like I have a certain number of posts that I need to get up, but then I also edit several people. So like you don't lose the skills as a copy editor. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm editing different things now, but I still like, I, I'm like, 
cool with like the whole team of, of copy editors. And they even just invited me out to like an outing that they're having next yeah. week. Do they look and up to you? Do they think that you're like, Oh my God, I hope so. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're like, they're like, uh, mentor. Or their oh God. Have there been other pictures? Definitely not. Are they like, do, do they, they envy other... you? <laughs> are no. You, are you envied the world? <laughs> but I, I'm curious to, to know how many times you roll your eyes when you read an email. P.S. Can I just say I was really stressed out writing you that email. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Like, I was like, what if I like... Yeah. Emails, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Email is a safe space. There's actually two of the, like two of my favorite lists that BuzzFeed has ever published, I repurposed for the book. And that was also part of the reason why BuzzFeed owns the rights too, because I wanted to include these lists right, of like, right. you know, the different ways to type e-laughing mm-hmm. and the di- what your that. sign off says about you, yeah. what your, like your email salutation says about you. So yeah, those are those two are really good. fun those are funny. Yeah, they're, they're so great. funny. But no, email is a safe space. Okay. You don't need to worry about email. I deleted my extra space from the periods in the first email I sent <laughs> And you know what? I hadn't even gotten to that part yet. I was just like, you know. Wait, what about when you text? Do you put two space? Like, no, I'm not no. a psychopath. Oh, okay. That's no, insane. I, I don't even like these periods all the time. And I actually, I like that part too of your book about like not using periods in text. It makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, I just thought that was so interesting. The Tumblr piece about how they don't use periods like on yeah. purpose. Yeah, it was like comments under a Tumblr post. Yeah, it's like they're you're actively not using periods to affect this air of breeziness Mm -hmm. or aloofness or like not being as weighty as you would be if you did use periods it kind of it's I read so it interesting it's so i think different voices because it was right because it it works i think what do you mean well the tumblr thread saying that oh it becomes rhetorical when you yeah the punctuation i had already read it before you know and i had to go back like two more times and read it to make sure that it stayed that way in my head and it does it stays that way yeah it works it's interesting the idea also drives me crazy of like not having punctuation in a whole paragraph but yeah i also feel like a lot of it is contextual based like i don't advocate in the book for just like never using punctuation right yeah there's Um, english teachers everywhere that are going to flip their shit right 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 and also you're not doing the whole thing is are you doing a service to the reader and are you using punctuation to create a certain tone if you're on facebook or on tumblr on social media like it's a totally different thing than if you're writing a news story and not using period so that makes sense and there was um a list of your like favorite punctuation oh yeah and your your top (laughs) punctuation mark Exclamation mark. It surprised me. I thought you were gonna say the the M dash. I do love the M dash. Yeah, I love it's the M dash. It's a nice it's a sleek, classy dash. Yeah. So our viewers and listeners who have never who have read the book yet. Mm-hmm. They will. They will. So the M dash versus the N dash, I believe. This there's one. an N dash, there's an M dash, and then there's just like a regular dash. So, okay, I'll give you a quick give rundown. Us the, yeah. Give us the rundown. Yeah. Hyphen, everyone knows what a hyphen is. Ooh. Connects words, right? That's basic definition of a Can hyphen. Can I ask you a question about the hyphen though? Because yeah. I actually didn't know this. Um, but in the book, here's an example that you give. You can say a sour cream person mm-hmm. or you can say a sour hyphen cream person. Right. And a sour cream person would be somebody who is like into cream. But they're but sour. Has like a sour personality. Yeah. And a sour dash, like hyphen cream person would just be someone who's into sour cream. Right. And I just thought that was so interesting because I didn't realize that like 
the purpose of hyphen or is the purpose of hyphenating words just to make a sentence clear in that sense? Mm -hmm. Are there also words that are always hyphenated, though, all the time? I mean, yeah. So, like, if you are going, well, I feel like this, like, this leads us down a rabbit hole. Okay, because, so maybe we shouldn't. Because I don't, I don't believe that you should always go according to the dictionary when it comes to spelling things and hyphenating things. But I think you really just have to use your judgment. Right. Like, if someone writes, hey, I'm a sour cream person, like, you're so used to seeing the words sour and cream together. Like, you know right, right, right. that it's not a person who's into cream like, who only has a sour disposition. Them, like, what, right. so what kind of cream person are you? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Like, you you can tell if you're- I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, if you're an English speaker, you can get the gist right. from right. context. Yeah, sure. So anyway, so yeah, so that's what a hyphen does. I'll skip to M dash, because that's the next easiest to understand. So it's- the big dash that like, if you're just using a dash to like signify a break in thought or enclose an aside, it was raining when M dash, oh no, M dash, thunder also, or I, lightning I also. Right. Yeah, or whatever. So it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's like, it's like a break in thought. And then the N dash. This was new. I had never. The end dash is so complicated and it should die because it's even, like. I don't even understand like where these things are because. So it's. Um, would it be too little? It's. Oh, you know, like when you do something so much, like it's like muscle memory, yeah, but yeah. then you're actually trying to explain you, to someone. You, you don't know what to do. Shift F7 all day. So like to get it. you Control. Control hyphen. Okay. Is that it? It's almost the length of a hyphen and a half. Hyphen and a half. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the M dash is two hyphens. Yeah. So you'll see in Word sometimes if you if you type in any newer editions of Word, yeah. you'll type two hyphens and then it'll automatically format it as the nice sleek M dash. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the, the M dash. Okay, I'll try to make this quick. So the M dash is. This is so nerdy. That the way I'm going to describe it. So if you have two words that are modifying a third, no. If you have a compound noun and another word that's modifying a third word, you would use an N dash there. What that means is, let's say you were writing a Tennessee born man, you would use a hyphen between Tennessee and born. But if you were saying a New York born man, because New York is two words, compound noun, technically you should write that as New York N dash born man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> now, we are talking about the number of dashes that are available to you. There's three. There are three. There's three. And yeah. I but think there should only be two. According there should to only Sammy. be two, I think, because no one has ever heard of the end dash ever. It's too complicated. You know what? There are bigger things to worry about. How would I know that I, I kind of want to use it? I have a new goal in life. To use the end dash? Bring yeah. it back to end dash. <laughs> it's coming back. I support it. Let's I support back. it. Let's come back. Oh, I'll wait, can it. I give you one other example yes. of a cool yeah. N dash usage? Yes. So I used this also in the book. It was actually in a shopping post, call back to my new role. And it was like, here's a cool tennis shoe rain boot hybrid. So it was like a rain boot tennis shoe in one shoe. Tennis shoe rain boot hybrid. So the so N dash. The N dash comes between shoe and rain mm -hmm. because you're connect. Basically, right. the N dash is a signal that's like, hey, I'm not just connecting one word. I'm connecting 
the compound word or the Two compound hyphen noun. connected words. Yeah. So it's like, That's don't, words, it's yeah. like, don't just look at the one word in front of me. Look at the two words in front of sure. me. Cause that is what well, is. That kind of makes sense because. Cause then it would be like, what's a shoe get, rainbow? Yeah. You could get confused about that. Right. But the truth of the matter is in context, like you're probably not going to get confused. You're going to look at the. Would you use an M dash instead of an N dash or a, a, just a dash? Never. No, no, no. Like oh, you would the alternative would be a hyphen. A hyphen. Yeah. My alternative is using a space or a hyphen. Just all the words blur. Squish together. Fuck the orange line that's underneath it, saying that you got to change it. Just people mm-hmm. figure it out. <laughs> should we take a game break? Should we continue? Should we? I think we should go rapid, right? We're gonna do the rapid. Yes. We're gonna ask you things, and you're just gonna first thing comes to mind, or it's okay if you need to think. Okay. But it's not. Okay, I'll try to. We're not judging. I'll we'll try, try to answer them as fast as I can. Yeah. Buried in a gem in New York. Oh man. When I say that, what's the first thing that comes by? What's what comes? It could be anything. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of like the dog park because I like okay. recently discovered there was a dog park near me. <laughs> in Queens? <laughs> no, in Bushwick and Maria Hernandez Park. But that's like not really a hidden gem. This is not the answer you want at all. <laughs> no, that's good. That's, that's fun. good. I recently adopted a dog, and it's like, oh. How I, many dogs do you have? One. Okay. Maria Hernandez Park has a dog park, and a dog park is where you can let your dog off the leash. Yeah, which is fun for them and for you. Yes, fun for everyone. It's fun <laughs> for the whole family. Okay. Uh, Most nostalgic spot in New York. Ooh, my parents' block. Okay, which is we don't have to give you. <laughs> Actually, also the block that I grew up on is very nostalgic. Sometimes I'm drunk. I'll be drunk in Bushwick a lot because that's the only place. Because when you're 35, you don't really want to yeah. go far to get a drink. So if I'm not on my couch, I am in Bushwick. And sometimes, and my boyfriend now lives two blocks from the block that I was born on. So I'll like walk down the block. Which is this block that you're talking about? Himrod between Rock and Irving. Oh. Yeah. Blake between Blake and Blake. Blank between blank and blank. But that's, that's the same house your parents are. No, no, no. This is where I was. The house where I was born. No one lives there now. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, you can okay. keep that in. It's not like okay. no one's going to come find me. <laughs> Both of those streets are nostalgic to me. Favorite bridge? Williamsburg. Interesting Favorite? choice. Interesting choice. Not really. Really? I would have guessed that. That's the bridge I take can home. I, can I just say, when I first moved here, they were like, uh, use the bridge. Freshly painted. And they... They meant the bridge was freshly painted, not the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Hey. We used to joke about it all the time. Can't like, discount you a freshly painted, freshly painted bridge. bridge. Are you serious? That's yeah, really it was funny. not a freshly painted apartment. Anyway. Wow. New York's got the greatest salesman in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Favorite touristy spot or landmark in the city? I like Bryant Park. Does that count? Okay. Is yeah, that touristy? Sure. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Were you like in the winter, the ice skating? You like yeah, the, yeah, like the winter time with the little booths. Yeah, haggle, with like the yeah, like the winter time yeah, Christmas yeah. booths. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Like the windows yeah, nearby. Yeah, I think it's like it's a little more. It's not as it's not as stressful as the Union Square Christmas right. market. And yeah, and there's the ice skating rink. Yeah, yeah, it just it it makes me feel warm. Yeah, I like that. In the cold, randomest New York thing that's ever happened to you. Um, do you guys know who Andrew Keegan is? 
It sounds familiar. He was familiar. like a teen heartthrob in the 90s. I don't know. Maybe look him up if to refresh your memory. He was in um, a movie called Camp Nowhere. He was like a really cute boy. Sometimes. <gasps> yes! Oh, my God, yes! he's so hot. Right? Great story here. <laughs> oh, great story with Andrew Keegan. I was at work one day. It was like 2013 maybe. And I was like, I wonder what Andrew Keegan is up to. So I looked him up and I was like, he has like no followers on Twitter. What is going on? So I told someone on the celebrity team to write a story about how Andrew Keegan doesn't have any followers on Twitter. <laughs> Long story short, Andrew Keegan, such a babe. He was such a babe back He then. still is. Oh, really? I met him <gasps> and we ate alligator together what? at a bar in New York. Really? And then I saw him the what next day at a Oh He's so handsome, but he has like this like culty religious thing in Venice Beach in California now. He's lost it. He's lost it. Keegan's lost it. Why does that happen? So he came to Buzzfeed. I don't know, man. He came to Buzzfeed. He got wasted at like four p.m. and basically, like, I was like, "You guys need to get Andrew Keegan in." And he was like, "Oh, cool." So we met, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a dream come true." My like crush from childhood. Yeah. And at five o'clock. This is when BuzzFeed was very small. He was like, guys, let's all go to the bar. And the PR woman was like, can, can we do this? Can we like have a bunch of people go to the bar with Andrew Keegan? We're like, sure, cool. So we went around the corner and it was a New Orleans themed bar and it was all occasion food and they had fried alligator. And I was just talking to Andrew Keegan. And he was like, we can start a revolution, man. Like <laughs> we can start a revolution. You're, you're, you have this platform to start a revolution. And I guess he was trying to tie it into his like religious culty thing. thing. Hmm. And he's like, Hey, alligator, you want some? And I was like, I'm vegetarian. But I was like, when Andrew Keegan asks you to eat alligator, <laughs> I'm like, also alligators eat dogs. So like, I don't feel bad about eating an alligator. Like alligators. They do. Yeah, they if you're in a room with an alligator, the alligator is going to kill you. So I don't feel bad eating right. an alligator. Like the alligator would eat you. But anyway, so I had, I ate alligator with Andrew Keegan. And then we had this like 90s party. This is way more explanation than you wanted for a rapid fire question <laughs> no, and answer. Fine, this is great. Um, but we did this like 90s party like a day or two later. And Which he, he lives for because he's because he's stuck so in the nineties. He's like so yeah. hot in the 90s. And he's yeah. even more oh I can't even think about that. He came with his like hot young model girlfriend yeah. and he was like, Hey, how's it going? And I was like, Oh my God, in what world like does Andrew Keegan recognize you. me at a party? Wow, that's a good I can't, uh, babe. So hard right Yeah. Also, my boyfriend at the time was, like, so jealous. He was like, oh, wow, cool, you got a picture with, like, a D-list celebrity. Um, D-list? And then, um, like, at least goodbye. see. At least see. Yeah, at least see. He went from, first of all, he's an all-time average of B-minus. Because he lived in the high Bs for a while. I think that maybe, like, weird religious thing in California pushes you up another half mark to, like, yeah. B-minus. Yeah, B-minus. Yeah, all day. Or maybe not religious. It's like a spiritual. Is it not religious? I don't know. I think it's a non-religious cult. I've done zero research about him. I didn't know he was going to come up. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't prepared. Rapid. Least favorite borough. Staten Island. Come on. We Hold knew it. that that was going to happen. Most <laughs> favorite borough. Most favorite borough, Brooklyn. Mets or Yankees? Mets. Giants or Jets? Jets. Knicks or Nets? Knicks. Thank you. <laughs> Holland or Lincoln? Uh, yeah. Ooh, I, I don't drive, so like this is hard. She's like, ah. <laughs> Holland? <laughs> I like downtown, I guess. Yeah, okay. sure. Hudson River or East River? Hudson, I guess it's cleaner, maybe. Seems maybe. cleaner. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it is, but I, don't know. I think it seems cleaner. 
I shot a fishing story once, and it was about fishing in the rivers, and they're both very clean rivers, actually. Hmm. Just saying. Last ten minutes goes against everything I stand for. Eating alligators, who eat dogs, and fucking fishing is just it's too much for me, guys. This is alligators eat dogs. Alligators are. And then you ate the alligator. I mean, ostensibly, the alligator didn't eat the dog before I ate the alligator. Was it free cage alligator? <laughs> free roaming? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't ask about the was it the sustainability? Of was it farmed alligator? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. Was it local? It was probably a vegetarian outfit. It really was. It was a, a local alligator that they organic, free range, free range, antibiotic free, fed vegetarian diet alligator. Farm to table. Well, that is very responsible of you. I mean, I try. Uh, thank you for eating alligator responsibly, and thank you for taking part. In our little podcast here. Oh, this is amazing. Thank you for it was really me. nice to have you. This is so fun. We got the real room. Okay. Oh, thank you. Applause for you guys. Thank you. Aw. And Six Degrees NYC. Final words, anybody? Catch us on Six Degrees.NYC. Yep. Check out our Instagram at Six Degrees NYC. What else? What do we got? Buy my book. Oh, by oh. Emmy Buck. A World Without Whom by Emmy Favilla. It's a really so good book. It's so funny. Ostensibly, the alligator didn't eat the dog before I ate the alligator. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, not yet. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or visit us online, 6degrees.nyc. Six